Chapter Twenty of Light on Life's Difficulties by James Allen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Andrea Fiore. Chapter Twenty, Light on Life's Sorrows. There is great sorrow in the world. This is one of the supreme facts of life. Grief and affliction visit every heart, and many that are today reveling in hilarious joy or sinful riot will tomorrow be smitten low in sorrow suddenly and with swift and silent certainty comes its poignant arrow entering the human heart slaying its joy laying low its hopes and shattering all its earthly plans and prospects then the humbled smitten soul reflects and enters deeply and sympathetically into the hidden meanings of human life in the dark times of sorrow men and women approach very near to truth when in one brief hour the build-up of hopes of many years of toil fall like a toy palace and all earthly pleasures burst and vanish like petty bubbles in the grasp then the crushed spirit bewildered tempest-tossed and without a refuge gropes in dumb anguish for the eternal and seeks its abiding peace blessed are they that mourn said the teacher of the west and the teacher of the east declared that where there is great suffering there is great bliss both of these sayings express the truth that sorrow is a teacher and purifier sorrow is not the end of life though it is in its consummation the end of the worldly life it leads the bewildered spirit into rest and safety for the end of sorrow is joy and peace strong searcher for truth strenuous fighter against self and passion seasons of sorrow must be your portion for a time while any vestige of self remains temptations will assail you the veil of illusion will cloud your spiritual vision producing sorrow and unrest when heavy clouds settle down upon your spirit accept the darkness as your own and pass through it bravely into the cloudless light beyond bear well in mind that nothing can overtake you that does not belong to you and that is not for your eternal good as the poet has truly sung not space nor time nor deep nor high can keep my own way from me and not alone are the bright things of life yours the dark things are yours also when difficulties and trouble gather thickly about you when failures come and friends fall away when the tongue that has sweetly praised you bitterly blames when beloved lips that pressed against your lips the soft warm kisses of love taunt and mock you in the lonely hour of your solitary grief or when you lay beneath the sod the cold casket of clay that but yesterday held the responsive spirit of your beloved when these things overtake you remember that the hour of your gethsemane has come the cup of anguish is yours to drink drink it silently and murmur not for in that hour of oppressive darkness and blinding pain no prayer will save you no cry to heaven will bring you sweet relief faith and patience only will give you the strength to endure and to go through your crucifixion with a meek and gentle spirit not complaining blaming no one but accepting it as your own when one has reached the lowest point of sorrow when weak and exhausted and overcome with a sense of powerlessness he cries to god for help and there comes no answering comfort 
and no relief. Then, discovering the painfulness of sorrow and the insufficiency of prayer alone, he is ready to enter the path of self-renunciation, ready to purify his heart, ready to practice self-control, ready to become a spiritual athlete, and to develop that divine and invincible strength which is born of self-mastery. He will find the cause of sorrow in his own heart, and will remove it. He will learn to stand alone, not craving sympathy from any, but giving it to all, not thoughtlessly sinning and remorsefully repenting, but studying how not to commit sin. Humbled by innumerable defects, and chastened by many sufferings, he will learn how to act blamelessly toward others, how to be gentle and strong, kind and steadfast, compassionate and wise. Thus he will gradually rise above sorrow, and at last truth will dawn upon his mind, and he will understand the meaning of abiding peace. His mental eye will be open to perceive the cosmic order, he will be blessed with the vision of the law, and will receive beatific bliss. When the true order of things is perceived, sorrow is transcended. When the contracted personal self, which hugs its own fleeting pleasures and broods over its own petty disappointments and dissatisfactions, is broken up and cast away, then the larger life of truth enters the mind, bringing bliss and peace, and the universal will takes the place of self. The individual becomes one with humanity. He forgets self in his love for all. His sorrow is swallowed up in the bliss of truth. Thus when you have, by experience, entered completely into the sorrow that is never lifted from the heart of humankind, when you have reaped and eaten all the bitter fruits of your own wrong thoughts and deeds, then divine compassion for all suffering beings will be born in your heart, healing all your wounds and drying all your tears. You will rise again into a new and heavenly life, where the sting of sorrow cannot enter, for there is no self there. After the crucifixion comes the transfiguration. The sorrowless state is reached through sorrow, and the wise do not grieve. Ever remember this. In the midst of sin and sorrow there abides the world of truth. Redemption is at hand. The troubled may find peace. The impure may find purity. Healing awaits the broken-hearted, the weak will be adorned with strength, and the downtrodden will be lifted up and glorified. End of chapter 20 Recording by Andrea Fiore